Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a essentially Christmas Eve episode. Yeah, Mother, I was about to say it was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a penny. <laughs> Except she's looking for more food. Penny's our dog. I don't think we've introduced Penny to our podcast yet. Mm -hmm. Loyal Republican voter. Sometimes you may have heard her eating very loudly or scratching in the background. Yeah, she she seems to think that 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 if she pushes her bowl around enough, more food will just appear. As if she needs to you just get it over kind of like the right trap door, and the food will just push up. Yeah, magic. Kind of, yeah, she um, would weigh two hundred pounds if that was true. Oh, there she goes. Well, Can you we hear know, her? We know, we know what happened. We know what happened when instructions... Like on cue, she's touching it. When instructions were... Um, when we gave vague instructions one time about feeding, we found out two things. One, Penny has no off switch when it comes to food. And number okay, two... Okay, well, 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 I don't know if these are vague instructions. They were vague I think instructions. this is a great story for our listeners. So I think that these were vague instructions. We left our dog with my parents, and God bless them for taking her. And I said she needs two scoops. Two cups. Two scoops. Cups. Okay, fine. Two cups. We refer to it as a cup. Okay. A scooper two, as a cup. Two cups. Now, the cup that was in the food was a quarter cup. Correct. So when we said that, we meant two of the quarter cups, which equals a half a cup. However, my mother interpreted this literally as two cups. So she essentially got four times the amount of food every day that she needed to have. And this is why I say it's on us for the vague instructions. Okay. So anyway, the long story short is that she ate all of it. She ate all of it. <laughs> <laughs> And has no self-control. Yep. So, and has no self-control when the food inevitably needs to um, turn into a fertilizer, we'll say. Yeah. Keep it PG here. Her G is possible. And uh, the she, moral of the story she is that fertilized the carpet. She's no longer invited to my parents' house. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is the bottom line. Our cute, our cute little muffin, who um, now she's looking at me like, can I get two cups of food, please? Also, she's like, you're definitely talking about us. Okay, but we don't need to talk about Penny because we have so much to talk about. And it's basically Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve. My Christmas Eve or Super Bowl. We have Super Bowl. Super this Bowl, Eve, whatever. I'm, I'm excited to actually go vote in person. Yep. We haven't quite nailed down our plan because I don't know why I did this, but I scheduled a dentist appointment on election day. I clearly what? wasn't thinking. When? <laughs> Yeah, I haven't done this. At what time? <laughs> you know this already. At 11? Yeah. Oh, who cares? I can't vote until like 3. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
I'm sure a listener really needed to hear all those details. But anyway, we're going to go and vote in person. Mm-hmm. We're going to get some great local pizza. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to watch re- results. Gonna I'm probably going to stop at 10 and Max will probably stay up till 5 in the morning. I got dual TVs. We're going to get the dual TVs. Oh, Lord. Dual get the TVs. dual TVs in here. Um, and then we'll have iPad. It's going to be election central here. Um, and um, gosh, am I? Uh, what are we kicking this off with? Where where do we want? I, I mean, I mean, this is. I am just. The polls are still good. There's been no late breaking. So yeah, so I, think, so I think let's start with that. I think let's just start with let's just roll down where we are right now. Okay, real clear politics has right now projecting the GOP to pick up three seats. Let's go. Um, and those three seats that they are projecting, I believe, are Nevada. Georgia and Arizona. Oh my God! If Blake Masters wins, I will just die. So, um, I I happen to believe that Nevada is going to be ours. This is one that um, there's a there's a very famous Las Vegas Nevada political reporter. His name's John Ralston. He thinks everything's going to stay in control of the Democrats. Um, I think the interesting thing that's going to happen in Nevada is that there's a large Asian American population. They're, I think they're going to break Republican at the end of the day based on education. I think what's really interesting about the map you just pulled up is that the states from the top of the country to the bottom of the country mm-hmm. on the western side, with the exception of the coastal states, are all projected to go red. And why that is very interesting to me is because a lot of people left California and mm-hmm. Oregon and Washington well maybe not Washington but they left Oregon and California and they moved into these states they moved into Idaho Nevada Arizona Utah Arizona maybe not Utah but those they lived they moved mm-hmm. to Idaho Nevada Arizona and it looks like for once they're not bringing their stupid policies with them so maybe not only did they move with their but they're also voting with their feet they're like you know what California is a disaster and I'm going to a state that's not and I'm going to keep it not a disaster. And I want to I, I want to get into that because I read maybe maybe one of the most insightful articles I've read in this, this entire election cycle today um, is from Real Clear Pennsylvania, uh, a you know part of the Real Clear Politics family. And uh, just as I was kind of going through what's going on at the local level, um, while I was doing my best to avoid doing any sort of work today, because <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, we got an election tomorrow. Who cares about work? Work was still going to be there after the election. The election's once every two years. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I noticed that. Um, I think just looking at this, there's a couple of things here that I don't necessarily particularly agree with one they seem to have pennsylvania very solidly red i don't think pennsylvania pennsylvania is going to drag out Hmm. if we get an answer on pennsylvania tomorrow and it's for oz it's because things went things went very very well for him um the polling has trended in his direction consistently after the debate not as much of a bump as people thought he might be after fetterman's disaster hello good night everyone (laughs) um i mean that was literally the high water mark for him in that debate it just went downhill from there um 
So I, I think Pennsylvania Pennsylvania is going to be a real tough one. The other thing working against odds there is that at the top of the ticket, the Democrat Shapiro is going to absolutely smoke Mastriano in the governor's race. In I mean, this is going to be a 12, 13, 14 point victory for the Democrat. And that's mm. something that's working against Oz in this is that the, the, the governor wow. candidate that we ran in Pennsylvania is so astoundingly weak <laughs> that it's hurting Oz. Um, North Carolina, fine. Georgia, the only thing I look at Georgia, what gives me pause, um, you know, word on the ground, you look at the polling, you read the anecdotal evidence out there is that black men are breaking for Walker late. That seems to be the big, that seems to be kind of the big push. Um, we're seeing, um, um, but however, here's the thing about Georgia. In order to avoid a runoff, one of the candidates has to break 50%. It's 50 plus one. Oh. So that so that's an issue, right? So so Walker could go forty nine point nine percent, beat Warnick, but it could go into a runoff, which will immediately get nationalized, and it immediately becomes essentially a proxy for the twenty twenty four presidential race. Um, that's 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 what it's going to be. I mean, the eyes of the country will go to Georgia. Now, hopefully, what I believe is going to happen is that is that we're going to have enough of a buffer where at the end of the day, Georgia will matter, but it won't matter when it comes to control of the Senate. Because um, one, I, 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 there's still two races that I have my eye on. I'm not sure about Colorado. Bennett's going to be a tough one. Once again, very strong governor, Jared Polis at the top of the ticket, popular governor. Or there's popularity at the top of the ticket. People tend to go. Tend to go. And Michael Bennett also falls into the category of the, um, he's a Mark Kelly. He's an incumbent. He's boring. He's a drip. Um, are people going to say, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I I I I don't think Colorado's going to flip, but um, um, but I do think Nevada. We have. I think, like I said, I think Lake is going to carry Masters over the finish line in Arizona. Here, I I think he's going to end up taking it. It's going to be. So you're saying Arizona is like the opposite of Pennsylvania? Yeah, I think Arizona is the opposite of Pennsylvania, where the Democrat. You know, what we have at the top of our ticket here is that we have a really strong, popular Republican. We have a Republican governor. We have a popular Republican governor, a popular Republican governor who has endorsed the Republican ticket down the line here, who's advocating for Carrie Lake to be the next governor of Arizona. And I think that's something. And even the Democrats here are upset with Katie Hobbs. I mean, every time you look at the local news here, it's a Democrat complaining about Katie Hobbs, either she ran a bad race. She won't recuse herself from the election stuff because she's Secretary of State. That's the other thing hanging over this, that Katie Hobbs is in charge of running the elections. And the Democrats are going, well, great. You're just, you're opening, it's a can of worms. Just yep, can recuse of worms. yourself. Recuse yourself, go away. And Katie Hobbs won't do it because she's a stubborn moron. <laughs> um, which plays into our favor. So I do think the Blake and Lake is going to hit the finish, is going to cross the finish line. Um, like I said, Nevada looks good. Um, the most interesting poll that I saw today was New Hampshire, mm. which has Bolduke and Hassan are in a tie. This is a straight coin flip in New Hampshire right now. Wow. Um, generally speaking, 
coin flip, New England, I tend to go with the incumbent. Okay. Um, and the only reason I say I tend to go with the incumbent is that um, people never like admitting that they're wrong. <laughs> and what Bull Duke is going to have to do is he's going to have to get people to, ad- kind of, to admit that they were wrong with Hassan and vote Republican. Or just say that she's bad. She's bad. You know, we gave her a chance, and she's not She's not doing it. Um, now, Maggie Hassan is maybe the least inspiring politician you will ever come across. I mean, this is a woman who, let's just say this is not, this is, all you need to know about Maggie Hassan is this. She lived for free in a house given to her by her husband's job. Her husband used to be vice principal and then principal of Phillips Exeter Academy. They lived in a, in a, in a, in a half a million dollar house in Exeter, New Hampshire, rent-free, and she voted to increase people's property taxes. <laughs> okay, that's Maggie Hassan in a nutshell. That's the kind of person she is. Uh, rules for thee, not for me. And um, the other thing going for a bold duke is that Sununu's on his side. Sununu's been campaigning with him. And Sununu is one of the most popular governors in the country. The country. Yeah. So I do think that Real Clear Politics has New Hampshire blue. I'm looking at this and going, I would probably put New Hampshire more in the red column right now. And I'd be looking at Pennsylvania and maybe Arizona as more question marks. Um, the last state that I do want to touch on, uh, well, I guess I guess uh, Trump was in Ohio today. We're going to get to that. Uh, Vance is going to win Ohio. Bud is going to win North Carolina. They're up well close to double digits. The last place that's interesting that I'm seeing on this is Washington. State? Washington State. Patty Murray, her, her poll average is, pl- is she's up three. Mm-hmm. That's margin of error. Okay. Margin of error. Washington. So keep that in mind. So I would say this. If you're looking for things, if you're looking for early night indicators, and I don't think that this is so much of a nationalized election. I do think that there are. I saw Britt Hume say that people are just going to put on their jerseys, their red and blue jerseys tomorrow and vote. I'm not so sure I agree with that just based on what we're seeing, right? We're seeing, let's just take Ohio as an example. J.D. Vance is running 10, 15 points behind um DeWine, the governor. Woof. Um, and so it's not as clear-cut as people just going for who they support uh, or the party that they tend to affiliate with. There's a little bit more nuance to what's going on in these individual races, which I think, you know, as a political junkie makes it all that more interesting. But, but that Washington number, if you see Hassan get taken down in New Hampshire tomorrow, my focus is now going to move from Pennsylvania off of Pennsylvania and Georgia. It's now going to flip to Washington because I think that's going to be, that could, that could be a very, 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 very interesting under the radar race for us to watch. Um, Where are they pulling right now? They're pulling, they're, they're pulling Tiffany Smiley at three points below uh, uh, the, the, the mom and tennis shoes. For those of you, the mom in tennis shoes, that's Patty, that Patty Murray, that's what she ran on in 1992. The mom in tennis shoes going across, uh, going across the state. And my internet is now out. 
<laughs> no, it's my VPN. I have to turn off my VPN. I have more. I have more security on my computer than anything that's at the Pentagon. So sometimes I just get absolutely blasted offline. Um, it just happens. It's just like, oh, guess what? You're no longer allowed to be online. Um, but that's what it is. But I'm looking at all these polls. Walker plus two. Walker one. Walker one. It looks like Walker's going to win tomorrow. It's just that 50 threshold. Last two polls. Data, data for progress. Data for progress has that D next to it. Right? Has masters up one. Trafalgar group. Republican masters up one. Data for progress. Ron Johnson up six in Wisconsin. He's going to hold it. Data for progress. Laxalt up two over Cortez Mastro in, in Nevada. Um, it's... Um, it's all it's 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 all there for the taking. I guess is the best way to put it. I think it's all there for the taking right now. Um, governor's races, um, the house. I guess we'll just hit on the house real quick. The number that I have is two thirty-five. That's my over/under for GOP seats. That would represent a gain of twenty-three seats. Not huge, but nothing to scoff at. But gives us the majority, right? Oh, very much. But not, we a, only, but not we a super need, majority. We need six seats to take the House. What? But it doesn't put us in a super majority, right? No, there's not really a super majority in the House. Oh, that's only in the Senate. Yeah, oh. that's really only in the Senate. And and I'm glad you brought up that term because I think a lot of people are hoping for a 2010 style thing. Mm. But what happened in 2010, let's not forget the battleground in 2010. When Obama took office... In 2009, he had 60 senators on his side. There were 60 Democrats, 58 Democrats, and two independents who caucused with the Democrats, Bernie Sanders and Joe Lieberman. Um, then, of course, was the Scott Brown election, which dropped it to 59, and then the Tea Party at the end of the day in 2010. Um, that was six seats, six seats the Republicans took. Um, and of course, the big number, the 64, 63, we took in the House. But we're not talking about us having that kind of an advantage. Let's not forget the last election in 2020, we gained 14 seats in the House. We gained 14 seats in the House the last time around. Okay, so the House, I really think, is there for the taking. I've got that 235 number. We start to look at 240 and above. I think that's when we start to see Bull Duke come into play in New Hampshire to beat Hassan. That's when we start to see Masters, you know, clearly beat Kelly and Laxalt in Nevada. And, you know, maybe, and I also want to point this out. Uh, well, and, and, and that's when we start to see that. So I just want to put that number out there. Uh, governor's races, governor's races. Everyone's going to be looking at Arizona here. I don't know why. I think Carrie Lake's going to walk away with it. Um I think the most interesting race is everyone's looking at New York. New York's interesting. I don't know how much that I believe we really have like a legitimate shot at New York, but we're close enough where it it's it tells it tells you that there's something brewing. There's something brewing out there um, when we're close. Um, um, but I wanted to bring up. Um, um, uh, the the article that I that I mentioned before, the midterms and Gen X super voters. Do you know what a super voter is? I hope it doesn't mean someone who gets multiple votes. <laughs> hey, hey now, hey now, a super voter is someone who's voted in the last three elections. 
Oh, okay. This is a reliable voter. It's another way of saying they're a reliable Reliable. Voter. Apparently, they didn't want to use that term. Well, super voter, because not everyone votes, and not everyone votes consistently. This is, I want to I make sure I get the author's name in here. Oh, my gosh. Ethan. Ethan? Kutsiorumbas. Uh, Ethan okay. Kutsiorumbas. Okay. I I know I'm butchering it, and it's definitely not. I'm I just. It's an extraordinarily insightful article by Ethan here. Um, as the 2022 midterms head into their final stretch, various polls hold startling revelations about the future of American politics. Baby boomers who have elected America's governing class for the past 30 years are evenly split on their partisan support for candidates. Hmm. The boomers are split. All right. However, a New York Times Santa poll reveals that Gen X voters favor Republican candidates by a 21-point margin. A Monmouth poll taken during the same period reveals that parents support Republican candidates by a 35% margin 35 point margin wow think about that think about that um now it goes this article goes into uh how gen xers have always kind of described themselves as fiscally conservatives and socially moderate and fiscal conservative is kind of easy you know I think a lot of people at the end of the, you know, most people at the end of the day do the, do you want your taxes to be higher or lower? They want their taxes to be lower, right? Um, you know, that's that's what it is. But it's this social thing that is starting to push Gen Xers. And I believe certainly our generation. I've seen this in our generation, but I'm, I'm it's great to see it with the Gen Xers that, um, the abortion issue isn't resonating with them. Mm. The Gen Xers are going, hey, look, we realize that abortion, whatever, right? It's a state thing now, but it seems like it's going to be. Abortion, whatever. You know, like it's, it's still legal pretty much everywhere, right? Like it's, it's, whatever, whatever. Um, um, but you have to remember, Gen X is the most aborted generation in American history. Mm-hmm. This is the latchkey kid generation. Right. This was really the first generation. These. This was a generation that was, let's not say left on their own, but, you know, let's just say a lot of them were raised on TV after school. <laughs> That's true. It's a fact. Um, and they're asked now that they are of age and working and have kids. Um, hey, guess what? Congratulations. Here's all this debt we're leaving you. Oh, really? Oh, that's nice. Okay. So you're leaving us with their debt, and now you want more Social Security and Medicare. Interesting. Um, so basically, the Gen Xers have, are slowly turning into cultural conservatives around the education issue. In suburban Quaker Town, voters flipped a school board from 7-2 to two Democrat majority to a 6-3 to three Republican majority in one election after learning that incumbent Democrat school board members attended a conference to integrate critical race theory into the school district's policies and curricula. Um, it's, uh, 
<laughs> and uh, so basically, this article is in, in the borough in in in, uh, in Lehigh County. This is all about Pennsylvania. Lehigh County emails showed that school administrators were directing teachers to conceal from parents what their children chose to if their cho children chose to be regendered. Right in Westchester, elementary school teachers were trained by the school district to integrate sexuality curricula for kindergartners. In the heart of Philadelphia's Tony Mainline, Great Valley parents struggled to remove pornographic and pedophilic material from the district's libraries in curricula. Okay. The Gen X parents are absolutely going ballistic over this stuff. And don't just take it from Pennsylvania. What happened in San Francisco to that school board? Even the parents in San Francisco say, hey, hey, you're not even trying to teach our kids. All you're doing is all you're doing is getting raises for yourself, and now we're and now and and you've and you've completely abandoned our children education. And when you do want to teach them, you don't want to teach them arithmetic. You don't want to teach them grammar. You don't want to teach them history or science or computer programming or another language or anything that might be useful. No, you want to teach them about 57 genders. Well, let me tell you something. There is a cultural war that is brewing in this country, and it's going to be a big one, and it's going to come to a head in 2024. Oh. And it's going to be a big part of the Republican nomination, too. And I don't think that a lot of people understand just how culturally conservative the under forty culturally conservative the under forty five crowd is becoming. And I can only say this anecdotally, but there are two groups of people at our church: <laughs> old people and young people. There's no one in the middle, and I think it's going to stun people in the middle age brackets of just how culturally conservatives their kids became because the kids went back to church. Mm. I think that's part of what's happening here, certainly in the Republican Party, certainly in the Republican Party, okay? I want to, I, and I, I want to highlight this by saying if you're feeling squeamish about a cultural war, don't. 72% of registered voters said schools should not teach children that they can change their gender. 62% said it is never appropriate for schools to teach kids that they can change their gender. This was an RMG research poll commissioned by America's New Majority Project and provided to the Daily Signal. Uh, Daily Signal is a heritage foundation. Requiring parental buy-in on these issues is extremely, extremely popular. Four-fifths of registered voters said yes to the question, regardless to the question, regardless of grade level. If schools do teach children they can change their gender, should parents be given advance notice and the choice to opt their children out of the curriculum? Eighty-eight percent of Republicans said yes. Seventy-four percent of Independents said yes. Seventy-one percent of Democrats said yes. You know, it turns out the kids are all right. Remember that? Are the kids are all right? Turns out the kids are all right. And not only are the kids are all right, the kids are growing up and having kids of their own, and they're making sure that their kids are going to be all right. Because they, are, they are, have a absolute, the new generations have the most hands-on attitude 
to their children's education thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> because all of a sudden, there was a trust. There was a tr an implicit trust in society, right? Public education, one of the great things in America. You know, no matter who you are, you can get a good education thanks to the public school system. And kids brought their new curriculums home, and these parents said, whoa, you're not learning math. You're learning how to transition. I don't think so. So just keep that in mind. I saw a term. This is the mama bear midterms. Oh. The mama bear midterms. I like that. I like that. That was Ed Morrissey at Hot Air. The mama bear midterms. We want this fight. Yeah. This is a fight that every young conservative out there wants to have over the next couple of years. We want this fight. We want this fight over schools. We want this fight over the trans stuff. We want this fight over this anything, over over what, over what all of this popular entertainment that we have to change the channel on anytime there's a young person in the room because it's absolutely abhorrent what's being shown on what used to be, quote unquote, family hour. There's no such thing as family hour. There's no such thing as family hour. Our culture has spiraled completely out of control. And I think that this is going to be the central issue of the Republican nomination fight in 2024. We already know you all want to cut our taxes. We know you're going to say you're going to cut spending, but you're not really going to do it. Okay? But here's two things that we need you to do. Protect our children and make sure that these drugs stop coming across the border. Period. End of sentence. That's what ever, all these candidates are running on. We want lower crime, we want to take on this drug issue, and we, want, and we need our schools cleaned up. This is the culture war that's brewing, and it's going to be phenomenally fun to be a part of. All right. Speaking of 2024, Donald Trump is going to announce a big announcement next week. He, made a, he, he announced that he was going to make a big announcement next Tuesday at Mar-a-Lago, um, the rumor was he was going to announce his candidacy today. Um, the nope. behind-the-scenes news <laughs> that I heard um, was that when he leaked that bit of news, basically every single one of his close advisors, including his kids, went up to him and said, no, you're not. And so he had to change his plans tonight. Hmm. Um, that seemed to be what happened today is that he was going to try to take credit for the midterms. And everyone said, if you do that, you know, this is on the heels of him taking a shot at Ron DeSantis, which was a big, big screw up on his part. Because <laughs> here's another thing that people don't want to hear about 2024. The cultural conservatives, they've been holding their fire for f five years on this guy. Holding their fire. They're not going to hold it anymore. It's not going to be held anymore. If you want to be the nominee for the third time, President Trump, you're going to have to you're going to have face some really tough questions from the right. And the number one question is, why the hell did you let Fauci do what you let him do? That's the number one thing he's going to have to answer for. Why the hell did you let Fauci close the schools? He did, if he doesn't have a good answer for that, well, he's going to have a hard time attracting a lot of people who he's going to need to vote for him if he wants to win the nomination.
And I'm sure I was watching his speech tonight, and I hadn't, didn't hear a good answer on that. I will say this. The new material is not funny, but it is more substantive, what? more substantial. It's definitely more issue-focused, but it's definitely, if you are looking for the fun Donald Trump, the laughter Donald Trump from 2015, he was not that guy tonight. Um, I, I feel like that's good, though, because that is the like abrasive one that most people don't like. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he's really this is going to be a um he's he's going to go full blown after the Democrats. The question is is he going to how many how many Republicans is he going to turn off in the process? Right? And he dipped his toe into the water with the Ron De Sanctimonious quip, which is <laughs> terrible branding, by the way. <laughs> I mean, He's going to call Ron DeSantis sanctimonious. I mean, Ron DeSantis is going to go, well, I didn't cheat on the mother of my children with a porn star. I don't really consider that sanctimonious. That just shows you that you know, DeSantis is a good candidate. That's why he can't come up with any good precisely. one-liners. Precisely. He's too nice of a guy. Great. Um, so, that's, so that's where we are. So that's going to be the next fight, and we're gonna, we're, that's, it's going to be a wild battle. I mean, there, I heard 12 candidates, maybe. Right away, well, cotton cotton dropped out. But you got to figure DeSantis. I think Glenn Youngkin might dip it, might 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 take a shot at it. Um, Pompeo is going to take take a go at it. Um, so we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. It's going to be interesting. But the first thing we got to do is get through tomorrow. Um, and that's and that's that's. I mean, that's where we are. I mean, the congressional, the generic ballots have the Republicans up a couple points. Enthusiasm. Republicans are up, you know, two points in enthusiasm. We're up six points in enthusiasm in 2010. We don't need six points. We just need three or four. Um, a couple other things to hit on real quick. More violence against Republicans today. Ted Cruz had a white claw thrown at him at the uh, Houston Astros parade. Oh, my. Yeah, don't worry. The news media is not going to not gonna cover that. Um, the, um, <clears throat> um, the last, uh, I, uh, oh, I did have a funny food, uh, a food thing. It was a question on Reddit. But I, I also have to sit this, I also have to mention this story because uh, uh, we're flying next week. Yeah, um, unfortunately. United Airlines is blocking more and more seats on their planes because the FAA um, recently uh, changed their, their uh, average passenger weight. So obviously the airlines don't, you, there's weight limits on planes. Right. Oh, they're, they're blocking them off because the planes are too heavy? Yeah. So, so, so in order to estimate weight on a plane, the FAA gives guidelines of what an average male passenger weighs and what an average female passenger weighs, and they try to figure it out that way, right? Oh, we have so many men on board, so many women on board, so many pieces of luggage. This is approximately what we have. Have you ever moved and you have someone, you hire a moving company, someone comes through to estimate yes. what it's going to be, and you're like, and, and it comes out to be remarkably close. Yep. This is what the FAA does. They try to do their best job at estimating, well, Unfortunately, the FAA raised its average weight figures, adding 15 pounds to the average winter and summer weights for men and 34 pounds for the women. <laughs> Wait, does that mean maybe we'll have an empty seat? I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. They should have blocked out the middle seats. Yeah, everyone would be happy, you know, except for them. So anyways, if you're flying on a plane and you see a suspicious number of empty seats... 
or if you're flying on a plane and you're having a hard time, or if you're looking to fly and you're having a hard time trying to get seats, don't blame yourself. Blame your fat neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Food question. We're doing pizza tomorrow. We should just do what's our favorite pizza. Easy. Didn't we do that? No. What's your favorite pizza? What is my... Okay, so a pizza that I really loved was... Okay, I don't remember the name of it. I want to say Sicilian, but that sounds right, wrong. When we were in college at Bertucci's, mm. there was that delicious broccoli yes. and chicken yes. creamy pizza thing. Oh, it was yeah. so good. It was like the Alfredo sauce on there. Probably. Oh, yeah, was, I remember that. It was really we good. We devoured that. Yeah. We used to do date nights at Bertucci's all the time. Yeah. Free rolls. It was on G World. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite pizza, mm-hmm. which we're not getting tomorrow night. Bottom, bottomless Diet Cokes when you're 19 years old. It's a sight to see. Um, What's your favorite? Well, now you're bringing up Bertucci's. Bertucci's, <laughs> I think, would be like my favorite pizza sit-down chain. Okay. I think the sauce is fan- I love the Bertucci's sauce. I love the Bertucci's sauce. I always love the Bertucci's pizza. So I think that's a great shout-out. Um, I think he knows I'm a meat lover's guy. <laughs> I judge pizza places by your meat lover pizza. Okay. If you make a good, I don't want a meat lover slice. Also known as the kitchen sink pizza, in my opinion. Throw it all on there. Yeah, that that looks good. Throw that on there too. That piece of meat over there, yeah, yeah, throw it on. If I can eat a slice of your meat lover's pizza with one hand, that was improperly made. <laughs> this needs, uh, it, it needs to if be. If I'm not sweating after the first four bites. I want to be sweating looking at it. If my blood pressure doesn't rise as soon as I touch the box, like, oh, wow, that feels salty to me. <laughs> if that doesn't happen when I'm, gra- when, I'm, when I'm picking up your pizza, I already know something's wrong, right? I, I mean, I, you need it to be a two-handed, I, you need to wear different clothing kind of thing to be able to enjoy it properly. Um, that's that's the kind of pizza that I'm I'm looking for, and uh, and uh, growing up, we had we had three places that made a tremendous meat lovers pizza. We had Supreme, we had Front Row. Front Row, I think, would probably take the cake. If I had if I had to say anything, Front Row meat lovers pizza probably takes the cake. Uh, but for a time, the New England pizzeria meat lover was creme de la creme. Um, but I think Front Row gets it for consistency. Great little place. Excellent New Hampshire. Check it out. Um, that's, oh, I saw <laughs> the question I read and I saw, what is the thing that is unacceptable to put ketchup on? Oh. There's plenty of things. Lots of things. I don't understand why that would be a tough question to answer. All of the things. Yeah. And of course, so it immediately got wacky, right? Like someone else's child. Like you can't put ketchup on somebody because uh. <laughs> that's Reddit. Because <laughs> that's Reddit oh my for God. you. So it's a chocolate. Someone had to do chocolate and ketchup on a dare. And Ew. they still, they still oh. remember the taste of this day. No. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, that, was, uh, that was a good one. Um, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't know this one. One of the one of the posters wrote in and said, "My stepdaughter likes to put ketchup on her Oreos." And someone immediately responded with, "Was that because her dad never came back with the milk?" Yikes! No, 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 no. Oh man, that was a good one. That was a good. I can't take any credit for that joke whatsoever. Um, 
But yeah, so here we go. We've got uh, we've got the elections tomorrow, and then a week from then it's going to be the Trump announcement, and then uh, um, Thanksgiving. And then it's Thanksgiving, and then it's um, we got to get our turkey up outside. We have to get our turkey up outside. That, maybe that's what I'll make you do tomorrow. That beats working. Yeah, be like, let's put the turkey up and go and go vote. Go vote. Yeah. All right, folks. We'll see you on Wednesday. Oh man, it's gonna be a good one. Oh, who knows? Maybe keep, Max will make me record tomorrow. Keep Hopefully hope not. alive. <laughs> keep hope alive. No, it's great. I mean, this is this is the time to be optimistic. Like this is practice optimism, folks. Practice optimism. Right? It's the Democrats that spread all the nonsense that's out there, but we know we know it's happening. People are paying attention. We don't need to scream what we're doing from the rooftops like liberals do. It's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. That's what I think. And I'm just trying to, uh, I guess I'm trying to keep my expectations down so it's, uh, it's better than uh, the thoughts that I have in the back of my mind, which are extraordinarily, extraordinarily positive. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all Wednesday. See you Wednesday. Go right wave. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. <laughs> <laughs>